I think that was good enough. Good enough. <laughs> it's been a long day. <laughs> yeah, I told I, I went and told Brittany. I was just like, well, especially when you have a guest, you know, it ends up going longer because you have just one more voice. And you're given your turn to. Um, but I was like, yeah, we might do another one. I don't know. I was like, I'm kind of tired. But <laughs> then, then it's like from the other room, I hear do 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 do. It's like, well, I guess we're, I guess we're gonna talk it. Talk it out here. <laughs> Excellent. The Scotch on the rocks. Please, any Scotch will do. As long as it's not a blend, of course, uh, single malt, Glenlivet, Glenfiddich, perhaps, maybe a Glengow, any Glen. I'm Rumgorn. I'm thirsty. I want a beer. What about you? You want a beer? Just a drink. A martini, shaken, not stirred. So we're not traveling too far back. This is one of our classic Mike is lazy episodes. Is a podcast. Uh, I guess programmer here. We're just going to go back one year later, which tends to make things uh, easier. And I, I think the numbers reflect that people probably don't want us going back to some obscure weekend in 1996 uh, for our double feature. Mm. We're going to be talking about A Quiet Place, which uh, on April 6th through the 8th, 2018, opened to $50 million. So I don't think Jared's going to catch me off guard saying like, <laughs> oh, they lost money on this one. But that obviously is not our forgotten film for that. We go back to, uh, and this is also pretty much a trope, if you want to start a drinking game for Sober Cinema, Forgotten Film, opened on one screen, The Endless, which uh, is a bit unfortunate. If um, I don't know if either one of you saw the director's previous film, Spring, horror film. Mm-mm, I did not. I Pretty did good. not. Pretty romantic. I say check it out. But The Endless, not so romantic, I don't think. But uh, it does share a uh, similar sort of, I guess, family bonding through some strange going-ons that we have with A Quiet Place. I'm going to hand the reins to Jared, though, because I, as usual, did no research. I did not look (laughs) up. Uh, In particular with The Endless, I have no idea how it was received. I just know I was a fan of the previous film, but I had not watched this one. Uh, Quiet Place, I think uh, I think people dug it, though. But uh, what were the numbers on those two, Jared? A Quiet Place had a 95% from the critics, 83% from the audience. It did $188 million domestic on an estimated budget of $17 million. So there will be a Quiet Place 2, I would imagine. Um, the Endless, 90, also 95% from the critics, uh, 66% from the audience. Even for its limited release, it did, you know, $272,000. I couldn't find any budget information, but it did really, really well foreign, relatively, uh, $671,000 foreign, so it almost made a million dollars. I seem to recall reading in the interviews uh, and in some of the reviews uh, when it came out that people were really impressed with the effects work of The Endless for saying Mm -hmm. that, like, what you could accomplish on a smaller Smaller budget, and uh, I'll just repeat, um, if you've not seen Spring, check that out also for some uh, pretty good effects work uh, for an indie film. Uh, Should we just start with Quiet Place? I assume that's why people probably would click on this one if they've not listened before. 
Yeah, or you can uh, string them along and make them sit through the other film. <laughs> I don't know. If that works. Well, the funny thing with podcasts <laughs> is if they've already downloaded it, uh, we've won. That's <laughs> so, true. We already got the right? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but I'll try to be a little bit uh, more magnanimous and uh, also push. I- I'm going to suggest we push the end list a little bit because if that's our forgotten film, if you've not seen it, it is currently on Netflix as of this recording. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll push it back a little bit. Uh, just for fear of spoilers. Because I think okay. with a quiet place, I'm not going to be. I'm going to assume people have watched that one. The Endless, if we can get your interest up uh, after a quiet place conversation, check it out if you can on a streaming service. So, um, okay, on a previous episode, I admitted my enthusiasm for this film. I'm a fan of John Krasinski. I'm actually a fan of uh, uh, one of his previous films. I think it was his directorial debut, which was called uh, Brief Interviews with Hideous Men. And uh, much like A Quiet Place, the title is uh, deadly accurate as far as what you're going to get in that one. And uh, I enjoyed it. I didn't see The Hollers. I don't know if either one of you saw that. I have not. Safe to say I have uh, not. (laughs) um, I think it's got uh, Mags, the villain from Justified Season 2. And it's about a man going back to like his small town community. um, Sort of a, a family bonding film. A little bit like a quiet place. There's definitely family bonding, uh, especially that opening sequence with a uh, kid learning to uh, mind his manners. Oh, my Be goodness. quiet. <laughs> hey, you can't have that toy. Has there ever been a, Josh, as a parent, ever been a better opener as far as when your child's demanding this toy and you have to tell them no? I've often, show them this scene. I've often <laughs> referred, referred to movies like... Uh, Requiem for a Dream, like, you know what, we need to show that movie to middle schoolers, you know, the, that'll, that'll learn them real quick not to not to do certain things, stay away from drugs and all that, and, and yes, this will be the, uh, this will be my go-to film, like, and that's why you listen to your parents. I was a fan of it, I hate kids, I liked the opening, um, I did have problems with how it happened, because I felt like, maybe in that world there have been some other precautions even my wife when we were re-watching it um we were wondering like hey why is the uh the youngest kid bringing up the the rear here in this like sort of military sort of like marching orders they have but that was before i got into it i was hyped for this movie i told uh, my good buddy jared we're watching annihilation hey man this trailer's oh. awesome i want to see this jared watches the trailer set up for a monster movie where you can't make any sounds they've like taken over the world and Jared watches it, what I presume to be thoughtfully, looks <laughs> over me and says, I hope it ends with a fart joke. <laughs> you cannot tell me that that would not be amazing. It sits there for an hour and a half, and then it's just, <laughs> and <laughs> roll credits. It was like, uh, you know, Emily Blunt in the bathtub. Yeah, maybe the little water bubbles. The bubbles. <laughs> I always thought <laughs> Steven Spielberg's classic Minority Report uh, would have been better served. There is a sequence where Tom Cruise is hiding in water from these like little spider robots that want to scan his eyes, and uh, it's him breathing. Mm. The bubble. <laughs> I, what, I mean, could, does Spielberg not have enough clout that he couldn't talk Tom Cruise into doing like his first like you know fart gag on screen? Prop. <laughs> <laughs> Philip K. Dick his <laughs> evil robot spirit you see those little robots crane you have the little spider robots look at each other methane detected <laughs> <laughs> oh 
stupid. So yeah, I just wanted to get all that humor out of the way. Because I assume, I assume we're going to praise uh, Quiet Place pretty heavily. But I want to start with Jared because when we were discussing doing this episode, you revealed that you had not watched it yet. So you just watched it for this podcast. I have no idea what your thoughts were. So what did you think of A Quiet Place? Um, if you'll check on Letterboxd, I gave it a five-star review. I uh, Hey, you got to tell people what your handle is on Letterboxd, though. That's just standard, pretty much, JG Dotson, I think. Or oh, I think if you, you can get it through uh, Twitter's linked or something, I think. I also put it in the show notes if they if they want to click right now to see uh, a young Ebert at work. Hopefully less cancer. One would... <laughs> 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 anyway, uh, oh. a strange order like off the menu. I'd, I'd like to take less cancer for my life. Less cancer. Hold please. that. I'll, I'll I'll take the Ebert. Hold the cancer. <laughs> yeah. I, what did it, hold on, Jared? What did the yes. other one have? Siskel didn't Siskel. He have like a brain aneurysm or something. <laughs> It's hard work. That's uh, what happens when you're being suffered through a lifetime of watching bad movies. <laughs> I, say, I guess me and Josh see our future ahead of us. <laughs> you know, I, speaking of Letterbox, uh, I don't think he's been on the show as of this recording. But uh, Dave, formerly a pop culture case study, <laughs> I I finally get onto this fucking thing after he's like linked and like looked over his stats on letterbox that he watched like 3,721 movies in a year. Jesus. I'm like, Oh damn, I need to, you know, now that I'm on here, let's see what Dave's watch. He's, he's got to have seen everything. So now I have access. I, I like it. I like the service that we've on so percentage started using it because I can see like, Oh, something like the endless. If I wasn't aware of it, let's say if Jared, for instance, gave that five stars, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to check that out. Right. That's how mm-hmm. we use the service. Mm-hmm. Peak interest. This son of a bitch, Dave, gets on there and just says, "I watched." You look at that and it's, "I watched, I watched, I watched." No stars, no, no, no thoughts, I'm no a, comments. Thanks, buddy. What, what the fuck are you doing over here? Like, if there's a way to do this wrong, you found it. You somehow. <laughs> so you're saying he bought a computer to play Minesweeper or something? That actually has. You know, Minesweeper's not a bad game to kill some time with, but scrolling through <laughs> Dave's letterbox feed is a total waste of time. So don't follow him. Follow Jared. <laughs> but uh, I was I was telling him, like, you know, that's where the modern Siskel and Ebert's going to be, and I, I have to say I've always wanted, I would rather be Siskel, because I know that there were stories of him, I think he even had, like, a rented room at the Playboy Mansion, because he was there so often. Like, he had his wow. own bedroom. I did not know exactly. that. Exactly. You want to be him or you want to be Ebert? Yeah. Uh, Cisco. Yeah, Cisco, definitely. Cisco is also the man that uh, had the, the fucking stones. He had the balls, which he used quite often, apparently, in his rented room. For nineteen ninety eight. he put Babe Pig in the City as the best movie of the year. <laughs> I, I remember. That's flooding back to me now. The, the riots you made about Babe Pig in the City being like... God bless movie. that man. <laughs> I mean, I can can you imagine in like Twitter day and age, like, a, like one of the two biggest critics being like, and now <laughs> my top film, nineteen ninety eight, part two, of the story of Babe the Pig. Thank you. That was the best. That was the best you could get. People would lose their mind 
absolutely lose their mind. Funny thing it was, he wasn't that far off. I think I would have had it in my top five that year. I watched it. I'm like, son of a bitch. (laughs) You're right. He's not just a cocksmith. He also knows some movies, man. (laughs) Anyway, a quiet place. (laughs) It's okay. It's okay. You're safe. They can't hear us. You just need to rest now. Where are they? Where are they? I'll find them. No, she was with me. She was with me and and then I had to go and do laundry and He was with you. How did he? Rockets. So he'd still be there. I'm sure he is. He knows to wait for you. And she is... She's smart. She'll have found a place. They know what to do. Who are we? If we can't protect them. Oh, What'd you yeah. say in your review, Jared? Five stars? Uh, five Good. stars. Loved it. Uh, there's the minor gripes that you um, exemplified there with the kid being in the back. But uh, just the, the tone of the movie, the uh, the ambience. The, uh, I'm always a stickler for these like post-apocalyptic type of movies anyway. I enjoy seeing the, especially, you know, on um, how they produce them as far as like, we take for granted a lot of times like the, the effort and work that goes into having a movie like that where you've found this like remote location and they've set it up with all these like crazy cool like red lights and you know all these uh, locales that they go to but I think the main point is all the the lack of dialogue and yet it's still being such an amazing film to me like it, it was completely carried and a lot of you know obviously a lot of the acting that people do is dialogue but uh, yeah, it, it was it was captivating all the way through. Yeah, I think most people would assume if you're saying like I'm gonna watch a character study, which I do think a quiet place is because mm-hmm. I mean the the main thing with the monsters, brief, but yeah, yeah. I mean it's uh, was this ninety minutes? Yeah. Um, you know, with, with the monster they set up, and they set up in that opening kill with the the kid that could not be denied his. His uh, his uh, what was it? His spaceship. spaceship. Yeah. yeah. Um, is it pretty much you know if you're if you're caught if you you know if these things get close enough to touch you you're, you're done like it's it's over. There's no realistic way it appears to fight them at this juncture. I don't know if they make a sequel if they're gonna you know come up with some ways to go into full on combat with them. If Emily Blunt's gonna wear the like <laughs> the fucking Edge of Tomorrow suit <laughs> and they're gonna <laughs> fight with a giant sword, but. You know that that kind of establishes a different type of horror movie where it is going to be about this family dynamic. And to what you said, Jared, uh, it's really interesting that there can be so much development and uh, so much sort of like feeling within like the the maneuverings of the family dynamic, the guilt that they all kind of share about losing, a, you know, a brother or a son uh, without the ability to have 
much in the way of dialogue, with just sort of looks and shorthand. I mean, mm-hmm. there's obviously there's sign language, and they do kind of whisper things, but, but you you're not having long conversations into this. You're not really, mm-hmm. and I think most people would say, like, you know, if you're going to have a character, a family melodrama, like I think it's something like um, Ordinary People, which if, in a, you know, like on War Machine versus War Horse, I could very well have done an Ordinary People kind of pairing with A Quiet Place as far as dealing with the guilt and shame and the loss of one mm. member of the family. Mm. But that's going to be a movie that's about talking it out. So about all the mm-hmm. things that are unsaid and it's causing harm to them. Uh, here, I, I love the way they handle it. And there's there's one little cheat, Jared. You're, you're talking about the locale. It's like, you know, it is it is convenient that they're, they're close to a raging waterfall because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> they get that one moment where they that. can actually have a normal dialogue. But it is, you know, it's actually, I mean, it's a relief that you finally just get to hear you know, the, uh, in this case, a father and son talk to each other. But I'm willing to bet that uh, – I don't think we've ever talked about Josh. I'm willing to bet that this this one probably struck you more than myself or Jared because it is so much about that – the parenting aspect and being like a protector. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, And and even referring to the, the point that you all made about maybe – it being a little bit unrealistic that they let the the small child uh, bring up the rear of their of their little trek, and then that's when it uh, spoiler alert is killed. Uh, first off, they do they address that later in the film. You know, when John Krasinski and Emily Blunt are having a discussion, I think she says something like, "I I could have been holding him. I should I should have been holding him," or something like that. They're 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 bringing up the what ifs of like, I should have could have you know done that differently and I, I think it kind of speaks to just in this small situation in and of itself that's you know resolved at the beginning of the movie that as a parent you can uh you can become comfortable and complacent even in like dangerous situations uh and i mean because i mean every day we hear about crimes you know poor kids you know that Things happen to them. And you're like, if you were doing your job as a parent, that wouldn't happen. But that's what happens is you, you you get you get comfortable in that stuff. And I don't really need to take that example any further. That's just kind of a small little aspect of of that. But uh, it opens with that, you know. And and I think that's just a good way of opening the story. Of we 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 get a good dose of Emily Blunt and John Krasinski's um marriage in the movie but i certainly think it revolves more about their about their parenting you know their their relationships with their children and and the fact that emily blunt's character is pregnant and about to have an, another child as well uh that opening scene was definitely uh heartbreaking to me like i, I really did not think they were about to do that i thought they were just setting up an instance to let us see what the danger was of like okay you make a noise and these things happen, but I, I thought it was going to be like uh, they got out by the skin of their teeth. And the fact that they chose to kill off their youngest child at the beginning of the movie, I was like, that is, especially for a PG-13 movie, um, I, I believe to be pretty gutsy because it's it's gut-wrenching. But then also, it appropriately so, it, it made me feel throughout the rest of the movie, I was like, I don't know what they'll do then. I mean, they might kill off anybody you know at any given point because i mean that's already one of the more gut-wrenching things you could do in the film it establishes where the film is willing to go and you may not you may not totally buy into the inherent danger uh as you're saying josh like killing a child like the way the effect it's going to have on audience it's like um 
<laughs> you know, if you kill like a dog in a movie, I hear that a lot too. Like something mm-hmm. bad happens to an animal, and then you had that. That's what gave us the classic John Wick. Like, <laughs> you kill a man's <laughs> dog, and he's going to kill everyone on the planet <laughs> yeah. because of it. Um, yeah, that it, it. It's like okay, like everyone's in danger then mm-hmm. if they're willing to and especially they're killing off like the most innocent the like not only is it the youngest but it's the one that still has some sort of hope that you have to believe that he's sort of if he wasn't born when this event happened at the very least in his uh developing years like to where he starts to have his own thoughts uh and concerns you know he's the one that he wants that the the nasa toy because he's like that's how we're gonna we're gonna get away from him like he's He's kind of living in this like hopeful existence. Yeah. Uh, the biggest thing I can give, you know, I, I mentioned leaving this kid behind. The biggest uh, thing I throw against Krasinski, well, especially when you get to his like uh, basement where he's trying to build tools, is like, what? 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 You perfectly good batteries? Put them in your pocket, man. What are you? What are you doing? Like, yeah, you're, you're scrounging I, I've actually, stuff. I've actually heard somebody else say that. I think <laughs> in another review, and that's. That's very true. Uh, the fact I'm that I'm surprised Jared didn't jump all over it. I mean, is is the man recording from a gaming chair? What you, you need batteries. What are you doing? You know, you need batteries for all your various, you know, game controllers. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I do not like how you said that whatsoever. I mean, the way you said it, you might as well have been said your giant dildos or whatever. <laughs> you put it in the. You put it in as, uh, as sensual a tone as possible, which, you know, maybe we just need to start posting these on gaming forums and maybe we develop an audience there where, look at this man, he speaks with reverence about what you care about. You know, cutting back to that opening scene, though, I'm, I'm just going to cut you off there because I don't want to hear about Jared getting <laughs> horny over Jared. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, this is Stockton Malone. I just set him up. What, what are you doing in there? <laughs> ruined it. Don't, don't cut off the mailman there. He's about to bring it home. <laughs> Go ahead, Josh. (laughs) No, I just, I I really did want to point out that I thought that um, beyond the heartbreak of the kid dying, like that scene was like, I felt like horrifically shot just as in like, it's very quiet and peaceful as they're, as they're walking back to their home. And the minute they hear that spaceship sound, the way uh, Krasinski and, and Blunt both, like their faces of like sheer terror and the way he just instantly drops his bags and takes off running I think Emily Blunt's almost already grieving the loss. Yeah, she's almost active. It's almost like he's dead. You know, they've already accepted it. But the way he runs, you know, uh, that was just like, that to me did so much in setting up the tone of the rest of the film. I had this uh, thought that, uh, you know, the Oscar nominations, by the time this episode released, that'll long since pass as far as the actual ceremony. Um, But we're recording this fairly close to when the nominations came out. And I don't know if anyone was surprised, but I, I do lament, um, you know, the, the way they, they do the, you know, it's not necessarily going to be their top 10. They got rid of that rule. Like you have to get so many, I guess, like first place votes or so many, like people saying you're the best of the year to even become eligible to be nominated. And I did think that the purpose of expanding out to a possible 10 nominees would be something like Quiet Place. Now, you did have Black Panther. You did have a Marvel movie get nominated, which kind of fits that Dark Knight rule. Like, hey, these are movies that are critically held in high esteem and their box office successes. And a lot of people have seen them. Why are they not eligible to be included as the best of? Um, I'm wondering if you you two thought this should have been one that was because it kind of to me, it fits that mold where it was a it was a big hit. Um 
I don't know if you can make it any better than what it is made as far as like it, it hits their horror beats. It hits the family drama. Uh, I have to admit that when the nominations came out that I was like, I was a little bit like, not that this was my favorite movie of the year, but I'm like, you know, that would have been nice to reward something that really kind of came out of nowhere and became a big hit and is about as, I think, as good as this type of movie can be. Well, if you replace the monsters with uh, maybe Nazis, perhaps, then <laughs> you might have been able to get <laughs> get on the Oscars list. You're not going to get on the Oscars list with uh, a bunch of, you know, sound-based monsters that reconfigure their whole head to uh, try to eat Emily Blunt. It's okay, Jared. Yeah, the way you're you're laying it out there, I can already see. Like, all right, this doesn't have Academy Award <laughs> material written on <laughs> sound-based sound -based <laughs> monsters that reconfigure their own. Head. <laughs> but yeah i mean that's that's i think that's but aren't these like like people still cite twilight zone episodes as like being extremely mm -hmm. like allegorical to mm -hmm. like the politics of the time yeah and that's that's a little you know sad to me that because especially in this climate i felt like i don't think krasinski's going for that but it does read like that we live in such a divided time divided nation that you kind of just have to bunker up with like your own family. Like you can't talk with anyone anymore for this one. It's for like sci-fi reasons. Right. Mm -hmm. But like, there's like basically like a need to like dampen down the rhetoric so much. Like you just need to like get away from it all and just sort of like take care of your own that I didn't feel like it was kind of playing with that. But yeah, Jared, you're right. If they had, <laughs> if they had played like a clip of Trump or something screaming at people that might've gotten at the nomination, like black clans. Like that was one of the things I really disliked about black Klansmen was that's already playing with politics of its time. And then the movie spoiler alert, not really for plot reasons, but they cut to the Charlottesville riots. I'm like, yeah, we, we fucking know, man. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm watching this movie like, yeah, two years out. I, I get it. And I feel like this is where genre movies actually worked better mm -hmm. as you can read those things into it. But they don't feel the need to smack you in the face, right? With like what they're trying to get at, and and what's sad is, I mean, we, we did get some acknowledgement with uh, was that last year when Get Out was nominated mm -hmm. the year yeah. before, yeah, a horror movie, I get. Um, I with that being like the exception to the rule, I guess I, I've stated many times on this podcast, I'm not, I'm not a huge horror fan in terms of I don't watch a lot of it, you know, I don't just subscribe to that genre and just eat it up but when it's done right it is like one of my favorites you know like when when it, when a good one comes along i i get really intrigued by it and it does bum me out that like i still feel like when it comes to getting that type of respect whether it be for awards or or what have you that um they want to treat it as like less than because it's mm -hmm. that genre and and, and really kind of like what you were saying about Twilight Zone, I think horror movies are actually one of the best genres for being able to um, deliver that type of allegory and, and symbolism. Uh, and even setting that aside, it's just a really good movie. It's just a really, it's it's well-directed, it's, it's well-acted. Um, Jared was mentioning all the, you know, the, the locations and the sites. It's, you know, it's pretty to look at. Uh, even the monster design, they, they're wise and not lingering on the monsters too long, but they're pretty terrifying. You know, when you see them, you're like, okay, that, you know, it's different from anything I've seen, but it's pretty nasty looking. It's, it's scary. Uh, 
it's just a shame that it does not get any attention just for being the good the good film that it is. And I hope, man, I, you know what? I'm not going to say it. Never mind. Say it, but if you after you say it, I, I, this is something I will never do again. After you say it, if it doesn't come out the way you want, I'll give you the right to say, "I yeah, just cut that out," and we'll just act like you didn't say it. It'll come out the way I want, but it might not be a popular thing to say. And that's, uh, I, I feel like the Academy, at least, is willing to champion some of these genre pieces now, if it is at least a step towards diversity, which is not a bad thing in and of itself. I mean, I don't have a problem with that, but I hope that's not the only reason they're willing to make that step. I mean, you know, don't just, well, it's kind of insulting to both parties that way. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, it's insulting, <laughs> you know, to, uh, like, and a lot of people have brought, I've not seen it, but like, uh, if Bill street could talk, mm-hmm. uh, sort of an expected awards contender, like Oscar Beatty type thing. Uh, was was just a, a pure a straight drama, like a family drama, uh, about this black family, uh, dealing with incarceration and a love story and how they deal with that. Um, and there's that's not to take away from like Black Panther being nominated, right? But you don't ever want the Academy to just be too proud of itself. Like, all right, cool, we nominated a movie. <laughs> not only we nominated Black Panther, we nominated a movie called Black Klansman. Good. <laughs> Yeah. We got this. Like, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and I, and I'm not like angry that either of those movies were nominated, but I, I think you actually liked Black Klansman. I did. I, I, I did not. I, right. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm walking away with like, okay, we nominated Get Out last year, so uh, I, A Quiet Place this year I feel like is a good a good like sidestep to that. You know, not it doesn't it doesn't hold the the same, you know, the same story. It doesn't, obviously there were racial, uh, mm. undertones to that movie. And this isn't about race or anything. I don't, I don't think that's not, I didn't read that in, in this movie, but, um, I certainly think this is still a good enough movie that it should have gotten that type of attention. I, maybe well, I'm putting more thought behind it than what there needs to be there, but I just, Jordan Peele had made a quiet place. I would want him to get nominated for that. Let's right, say he right, made a right. quiet place instead of get yeah. out. I would want the same thing. Same. Right. Result. Yeah. It's, it's just simply, I'm saying, I guess all I'm saying is I don't want them only extending out the branch. Some of these like genre pieces and such just for, uh, trying to be diverse. I mean, I, I don't think that's why those movies got nominated because I do think they're good enough to be nominated. But it's an insult to the filmmakers and to genre. Yeah, uh, yeah. Films. If that's the only time they're going to be willing to extend that mm-hmm. branch, uh, yeah. then it comes off like that. Yeah. Jerry, do you want to touch on that? <laughs> not touching it, boss. I'm not saying a uh, word. This is one of those like times where we need to be, uh, maybe one of the few times we need to be like a YouTube series because all I can see is Jared stroking his beard <laughs> and his hands become more frantic as we get more into the like, right. well, careful. Jared's, Jared, careful. Jared's wearing a hoodie and in, in the midst of that discussion, the hood came up like Jared's like, mm-hmm. oh, wanting to just hide in the shadow of like, please. It's like a flag to me don't. that's like, don't call on me. Like I'm the teacher <laughs> in the class like, mm, I'm nope. listening. <laughs> I'm listening intently and I'm thinking about it, but I've not formulated my thoughts and I definitely have not formulated them to go on the record. Not now, not ever. Thank you. Anyway, Jared, you like the way the monsters look? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were scary. <laughs> you know what? Let's pick on this movie just for a minute. Uh, okay. 
and this is just um small gripes, small nitpicks, but like, uh, and, and I can't I can't necessarily think of a way they could have done it any better. But one moment I did not like was uh when when they showed his whiteboard down in the basement, and it, like, mm. what is their weakness? Circle. <laughs> it's like. Did you really have to write that down? Like, I'm pretty sure. Nope. He would never be reminded <laughs> to think about weakness ever again. Like, wouldn't even be honest. Again. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of a, a that was a, a little bit of a lazy attempt at exposition there. But um, there, there's some small things like that that are kind of kind of weak. But I don't think let they me, really let me throw out hurt a the comparison. movie. Another movie very similar. Not, not Get Out. Um, but... Uh, M. Night Shyamalan's uh, science. And he's had a resurgence in the past few years, leaning more into like low budget horror with mm-hmm. uh, the visit and glass. Um, <clears throat> actually, well, not glass, but uh, split, I guess. Cause I think glass, I think they upped the budget a little bit more, but um, science, I believe it may still be his biggest hit. I think financially the box office, uh, but none of that one at the time, was uh was like a you know sort of a, considered a return to form after Unbreakable, which is a little more divisive. But it's funny now if you get on like film Twitter, Signs is like a piece of shit, and Unbreakable is, has always been seen as this classic. Which is, <laughs> like the three of us being you know fans of the man in those early days, I remember like I like all those movies. Yeah. I remember thinking Unbreakable is awesome. Yeah, and people were like I oh, the comp book stuff. That's dorky that's stupid thinking someone's a real superhero which is funny now because it's like <laughs> yeah he was like definitely the uh the band that was like his sound was way too early yeah like wanting to discuss comic books and it's like now like people are like that alien looks stupid aliens are dumb like that not comic book stuff that's where it's at yeah. <laughs> but watching this again i was reminded of it because very similar as far as like a family drama dealing with a tragedy mm-hmm. um and especially like this, uh, I don't know if I'd say questioning, but maybe possible doubt kids are having in their father, right. like leading them on the right course of action. Um, do you think that that, that film be reconsidered that way? Or does it hinge so much on the monster? Which I do, I do wonder if him going with aliens as opposed to this sort of, like he's going with like a stock Twilight Zone alien, which I kind of Shyamalan, admire. Shyamalan is? Yeah, science. He's going with like the kind of, <laughs> cliche humanoid like just yeah creepy looking as opposed to this yeah. do you think that ended up in hindsight being a mistake for science because i do think a quiet place probably will age better in that regard with it being like its own sort of unique monster uh i don't want to cut jared off um but for myself he, jared's waiting to disagree with you is what he's uh, well that's fine that's fine <laughs> Set yourself up. uh because he doesn't really <laughs> I mean, even at the end, when you kind of get the full body shot of the of the alien of, of Sans, you There's don't the sound effect. Yeah. Oh my god. Rearrange your head for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of it's in the dark. I mean, it's kind of it's still in the shadows, and you don't really see it, but. It's not so much the way it looks that's scary as much as the fact that these creatures are lurking about. And like, you know, the scene in the basement where the hand comes out and grabs the kid's mouth and and all that. Those are scary. So, and, and really I think it's kind of similar in how it works in this movie. Because even though I mentioned that the, the monsters, when you get a view of them in A Quiet Place, that 
they do have a cool look and they're kind of creepy looking. The, the true fear is just in that always that inevitable. If you make a noise, they will be there quickly and they will kill you. It's not really like you're, you're freaking out about how they look because you won't even see them. <laughs> you know, if, if you, if you get killed by it, you're not even going to see it. It's not going to be slow and meticulous. It's just instant death. And I, I think both takes are very kind of, uh, you mentioned Twilight Zone earlier. I think that's kind of a, a good example. Well, say you, Jared. Disagree with me, bro. You're wrong. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> movie, movie podcasting 101. <laughs> I don't like what you say. <laughs> I don't say that. <clears throat> uh, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know what the... It does concern me with the possibility of it being a, a sequel. I think they, I think they've already got an idea for it. Um, mm. um, spoiler alert for it, you know, not bringing back the entire cast for uh, the next one, but uh, <laughs> that may be a different enough dynamic for the movie to set it apart, as opposed to like if they did a science two. I don't know if there's anything like I feel like that's fully formed. Like what happens to Mel Gibson in that and his arc. I don't think there's a sequel in that. No, storyline. no. Um, yeah. What, what do you think about Jared? Uh, it's going to have to be on a much more grand scale. Like if you're going to have a, um, a sequel to this, like it can't just be her in a farmhouse again. It's got to be well, yeah, I see her on the, on the dating scene in this world. Yeah. <laughs> not trying, to, the... trying to find a fella when you can't yeah. talk to the other. <laughs> she signs she signs your sign language sucks <laughs> Jared does his sign language which which is you know essentially just yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> there was a hole there and Jared was <laughs> pleasuring it <laughs> we that's, the only, that's, the, that's the only time that'll ever be said right Jared of course Jared, come on now. What's happened? The mailman. You've had you had a couple turnovers. You let Josh strip the ball from you. I'm just. What are you I'm talking about? My, I hear I'm that. I'm my short week. shorts, stocking it up here, baby. I'm just trying to feed you the rock. I pleasure holes. It's what I do. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I give you what you want. Fine. Just, coax it out of me. From my archive. Just like I coax it out of them. <laughs> Moving on to the endless. <laughs> How is that possible? It's crazy, right? Some kind of atmospheric mirroring effect. It's like the Northern Lights. Anyway, two moons brings the truth. Three signifies the ascension. All right, that just all sounds like metaphor again. <laughs> no, no, no. You know that physics equation in my room? Yeah. That's what it is to me. I still haven't finished that. But what I can tell you is that if you and Aaron just stay one more day, you go fishing in the lake, and you go out to that buoy, you dive straight down, and you grab what you find there. You're going to have your answer. You know how culty that sounds, right? Are you saying for yourself?
Um, who wants to take this one, uh, Josh? Oh lord, this is this is your type of movie, man. You, you, can you give a brief non-spoiler, <laughs> non-spoiler way to say? Here's three lines. Here's what this movie's about. Man, I, I haven't looked at IMDb. I don't know if they succeed in that. Uh, the IMDb does a, a the best job possible <laughs> in in doing it with without spoil, spoiling it because if the only way you could do it justice is to spoil it. So by not spoiling it, you're not really going deep enough into what the movie's about. But let's go with the IMDb. It says. As kids, they they escaped a UFO death cult. Now two adult brothers seek answers after an old videotape surfaces and brings them back to where they began. Uh, That's about all as much as you can say about it without spoiling (laughs) any bit of it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I would make maybe the extended sentence of um, (laughs) maybe they start to discover that the uh, UFO death cult wasn't as crazy as they thought they were um even that might be a little bit of a spoiler i don't i don't know but uh i don't know mike i mean are are we trying to avoid spoilers when we talk about it here or what what are we doing well uh this movie uh, not quite as brief as a quiet place it's uh just shy of two hours hour 50 and i would say until you get to I think it takes its time. I, I can see some problem, some problems that people would have with it, uh, and that it feels more like a dynamic between two brothers, where one of them pulled the other one out uh, without the other one totally being uh, invested in, I guess, how creepy or wrong their situation was in the cult. Um, because you get sort of brief look into their lives. Uh, it seems like they're having problems paying the bills. Um, trying to readjust to, I guess, normal society. Cutting each other's hair. Uh, that felt very much like a Josh Jared moment. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jared, there's no way Jared would let me cut his hair. I mean, I, I would certainly not. want to, but Jared would never let me. I likened it to when Josh pulled me out of magic cards. That was... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yes, there, there was a time uh, where Jared... The funny thing is, um, you know, we just did another recording this morning with Jason Michael, so a little bit of time travel back to that that episode. That, uh, it, yeah, a couple hours ago, but it's a couple months for you, dear listener. Um, that's if you've not given up on us. <clears throat> we we talked about the origin of our friendship and how I was I was trying to, for a brief moment, uh, express some remorse and guilt, and then. Uh, Jared went feral as he is prone to do, <laughs> like a house cat that is pleasant. And you pet, and you're like, do I do I treat this cat well enough? Like, do I give it enough treats? And then when I start to doubt myself, I get scratched and bit for no reason. That was kind of similar to that moment with Jared. <laughs> and so, uh, I was thinking, like, you know, maybe we drag Jared along too much to like our shit, our things. Me and Josh, me and Josh can go on and on about movies and jared is much more the every man that will just kind of cut to the the chase like uh, you, you guys are going off on tear which that may very well happen with the endless i think a quiet place is safe removed from that but the endless i definitely could see josh going full tilt into this <laughs> so it did remind me of the dynamic maybe not the haircutting because jared's too smart for that to allow that to ever happen but one brother basically saying like it's just crazy man no, like stop, stop kicking around, stop thinking about it. 
you know, <laughs> don't do it. Stop watching As, Primer so much. <laughs> I'm glad you brought Primer because that was one of our that was one of our early War Machine versus War Horse episodes, and this movie very much. If you liked Primer, yeah, I think yeah. you would like this movie. I agree. Um, much like you know, <laughs> I'm making Quiet Place sound bad. That's like Quiet Place. It's like Signs. You know, the movie where the alien gets the shit beat out of him by a baseball bat. Walking <laughs> Phoenix goes to town, which I love. Yeah. I think I think that's actually how it would happen. If yeah. aliens show up here, I think they'd get their heads caved in by someone with a bat. <laughs> this is a uh, you know on a different level, I guess. <laughs> but to the magic point, <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up, Jared, because. That's one of the times Jared tries to go go his own way. I wasn't into the magic cards. Josh certainly wasn't into them. And I'm certain to like, hey, what's Jared? What's this Jared kid into in middle school? What is this? What is this game? Oh, Jared's going to teach me this game. Josh comes in. Well, it's like, Jared. Time for the Inquisition. <laughs> this is the beginning of the black arts, son. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You are a stone's throw away from having your own uh, death cult and uh, Satanism, and I won't stand it. This is not the reason Jesus died for you, Jared. Magic cards. Uh-huh. And <clears throat> unfortunately, uh, that uh, led to another, you know, what? it was just a different form of addiction. We just moved over to Star Wars cards. Josh is, <laughs> Josh is like, hey, guys, this is safe. We all like Star Wars, right? Everybody, that's family friendly. Everyone can approve that. Stock and decipher, we find out 20 years later. <laughs> yeah, you know, actually, Josh, you kind of fucked us out of a lot of money because magic's still going, and if those cards from that time period would have been worth far more than a, a dead more. game. We even have a super fan who loves Star Wars on, Jason Michael, and he's like, I've never heard of this. What is this? And it's like, eh. <laughs> a decade of debt and mistakes were made, my friend. It's <laughs> a good point, Jared. Thanks, Josh. Hey, you're welcome. You screwed us all. I saved all your all's souls from the... Eternal souls. <laughs> the, the devil of <laughs> geekery that is Magic the Gathering. So, yeah. If you have a friend like that, if you have a friend like Josh that uh, won't let you have your own passions or interests... Tell him thank um, you every now and then because he's <laughs> he's a great guy. <laughs> so you're saying, you're saying Jared falls on the foot where he's the one that wants to go back to the death cult. Because I, I always thought that would be more you. You would be the one asking far too many questions, and Jared would say, it's nonsense and it sucked, man, and we just need to deal with it. We just need to deal with reality. No, no, I, I, I'm agreeing with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Things don't turn out well. <laughs> Did you watch the movie, sir? Did you watch the- Hey, they could have lived forever, is all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get into spoiler territory. So if you've not seen The Endless, I, I'm going to say I, I, I liked it. I didn't enjoy it because the the premise itself it's not as scary as a quiet place as a movie. The concept of it is <laughs> pretty terrifying. It's, I think it's mislabeled as a horror movie. Personal. I don't. What? <laughs> yeah, and what? <laughs> that scares me more that I'm friends with you. That you would be down with a sober cinema for all eternity. The podcast uh, forever. <laughs> <laughs> so, spoiler alert. Check it out if you want. It's a weird movie. If you like Primer, you'd like it. Now we're going to get into the, the details of what Josh found to be heaven. And me and, Josh, <laughs> me and Jared think it's like a circle of hell I'm over like and over. I'm figuratively scratching my head that like this is how you approach it. Like I came out of it like this is one of the scariest, like you said, conceptually things I've ever seen. Like this is really, you know. Uh, unique as far as like I've never seen it handled this way. Okay, so. well maybe maybe I, I worded it wrong because yes, 
the idea of what they're <laughs> what it's portraying is horrific, but it it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't play like horror movie genre tropes or anything. It doesn't feel like a horror genre type film. Does no. that make sense? I mean, I, it, I agree. I it, agree with that. It falls more under like sci-fi fantasy and everything. And I mean, uh, there's a weird guy out in this cabin screaming and demanding weapons. So that's you know that that could be in a horror movie. Yeah, usually yeah. one where you get lost in the woods. Uh, you got this this cult that's being uh, seemingly a little too nice, a little too perfect. Uh, there's a hint it's like, wow, they don't age at all. And it's like, oh, it must be, which is weird because it works in the favor of hanging around the cult longer. They're like, ah, oh, maybe their diet. Look how healthy looking they are. Like, they, they got to be 20 years older than us, and they look great. Drinking um, beer all day and <laughs> don't look a day over 29. Then they do the, uh, I guess they do the like you know, the inverse. It's the creepy uh, Star Wars moment. It's not hopeful at all where you got the two moons and the two suns. And it's like, it's not Luke. <laughs> staring out like like with hope of like where he could go it's like uh, it's, we get to the third one and uh you trap forever <laughs> <You're here. clears throat> i i'm i'm not smart enough and only having seen it once i did put on my letterboxd review which uh you can find me at marcus played that uh, while i didn't find it enjoyable i probably would watch it again and i feel like it's a movie that deserves a rewatch uh because it's like primer it's kind of hard to keep the the threat here is that infinite loop, but the characters you meet are on different time scales of the loop. Like, like one different, of them, they're under like different domes. Like it's all like, yeah. you know, everybody has their own specific like loop. Well, one of them is like 10 seconds. Yeah. One yeah. of them is like 10. I think the cults is like 10 years, 10 years. Uh, the two dudes that are like, tr- like one of them's trying to sober the other one up. I think it's two weeks. Which did you know? That's the this is like a quasi sequel. Uh huh. Yeah, I read I, I about that. I'd never know about. That. Never heard of this movie. It's uh, their Aaron, it's their first movie they made. I think Spring yeah, was Moorhead the second. And uh, Justin Benson, the directors and the the writers and the two stars that play the two main characters, uh, they had a previous film called Resolution, and it's about those two guys in that cabin. Um, so I, I kind of I want to check that out too. I think that's pretty cool to have like an extended universe for an indie film. So yeah, that, that, there's a lot to unpack here, and it's it's a uh, pretty cool. And I, I think the frustrating part might be, for me at least, that it's like the tension of like what's this cult up to goes on for so long that like when they finally get to like these people having different experiences as far as the amount of time that they're living over and over again, um, I kind of I kind of wanted to dive more into that. And but when you get to when all the cards on the table, it becomes this like kind of escape movie. It becomes like you know Clint Eastwood or Steve McQueen on like a motorcycle. Like we gotta get the fuck out of here, which I understand if you're the characters. But I I definitely wanted to see more of the cult and like like what is that like when you know that you're gonna relive like ten years like and it's that time again. Well, and that's probably one of the areas I had a, a problem with this movie, and I don't know if. Upon rewatching it, if it will make itself more clear or if it's a, a reasonable gripe, but um, for instance, like what we just mentioned, the, uh, the the two guys out in the cabin trying to get one of them sobered up, their loop uh, re- restarts every two weeks, and uh, so within the film, we see where they're at towards the end of that two weeks. They. Uh, they are aware that they're in a loop, you know, and they talk about it. 
And like, oh man, I, if I have to hear you say, hey, how the heck are you, buddy? One more time, I'm going to kill myself and all that. But then when we, we actually see it restart, and when the loop starts, he says that. Like, hey, how the heck are you, buddy? Like, like he doesn't know that he has just restarted. And that's where my confusion is kind of with the movie. It's like, okay, so when it restarts, do they know where they are and what's going on? And it's just an extension of time. Like are, they, or, are they possessed? Like they, they don't like to, to redo the same setup every time. Right. They, right. Yeah. And so with that, it makes me wonder like, okay, so like with the cult, they have 10 years. So are, are they being sketchy and everything because they have no idea that they're in a loop or do they know? And if they do know, what's their angle? Why are they? Oh, I understand their angle then. What's their you, angle? You need you need some new skin in the game, literally. Just to you change things new, up, just to help yeah, liven need, it up. <laughs> you need some strange in that world, and everyone. <laughs> hey, hey. Here's where the savagery the savagery comes in. It's, it doesn't even matter what you were previously. At that point, everything starts to look good. Like, Come out here, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> this is prison rules to the extreme. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. That's the movie I want to see. I, That's what I want to see Soda Pop and Sean Penn every ten years having to do the same <laughs> same rape and pillaging. That that's a nice callback. Uh that was a classic episode of Sober Cinema. Yeah. If I had to relive one forty five minute <laughs> conversation, it might be that one. It wouldn't be the hereditary one because I would eventually start to feel so terrible about calling a little kid ugly over and over again. But Sean Penn, he can take it. Yeah, he well, he deserves it. Um, I knew it. I knew that. So I was like, well, I'm, I'm going to be corrected. Josh going to get out his red pen. And like, no, here's the word choice. Here's what you meant to say there. Um, so what did we think happened with the cult at the end of their 10-year cycle? Like, did the creature actually just kill them? Is that what happened? Did it actually just, like... It, there, there's a lot of questions. And I don't mind. I don't mind that. Is that why the people are killing themselves like the two guys in the cabin like he just sets fire to it is that the well, like the as long as you're dead cabin. before the monster shows up i think he's just trying to find a way of making the loop stop i think he's just like <laughs> even if it's death yeah well, like well, didn't, well. He, didn't he say at one point like killing yourself is much better compared to what it ends up doing mm. to you at the end of your yeah loop, so. yeah he did say that uh so he, if you kill yourself in the loop you just start back. Start over. back over, but you don't have to go through whatever it is that like destroys you and sets you. So back he gets to the end of his two weeks, and he's got to kill him and his friend to give themselves another shot to avoid the monster. I guess I can deal I with mean, that. I can deal with that rules. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, yeah. So I guess I got this feeling of when I was watching it that maybe the cult was setting up the two brothers as like a sacrifice or something that it was almost like they were trying to trick them. And I don't know if that just goes back to what Mike was propositioning of just, they wanted some, uh, some fresh meat (laughs) or again, like if there was like a sacrificial element to it, I I couldn't tell. I have a lot of questions. Uh, I, you're, you're you're not far off. This is my type of movie. I, I, I do enjoy, um, something that's kind of weird and out there. I, I enjoy any type of movie usually that deals with weird um, playing on time, whether it be time travel or time loops or what have you. I, now, I, I enjoy the uh, the premise on this film of like having these different little pockets of time at different 
like you said, different t- uh, lengths of time. Uh, I don't know. I just feel like some of the things that they didn't explain, not that I need everything written out for me, but some of it needs to be fleshed out. I feel like a little bit more just to make the the story a little bit more cohesive. Uh, and, and you can still, you know, be kind of vague in some of your allegory and symbolism and, and what have you, but, uh, to spend well, this it, is a movie about rules. Exactly. Much more so than quiet, quiet places. Exactly. Not. Even though he's got the, <laughs> you know, what is the weakness circle? <laughs> right, right. Even though he's got that in bold, it doesn't really matter as much. No. Here, though, you're going to have people Very like much matters. trying to talk it out. Mm-hmm. And because it's such an out there concept, it interests the audience, too. Where I'm, I'm interested in the the sort of the legalese yeah. of this monster. Yeah, it's, cer- it's certainly it. a cool concept. And that, that that's where I found myself is I want more. I want to understand this because this is cool. <laughs> you know, tell me. But you've not watched it again either, right? I have not. I've only watched it the one time. So, yeah, I, I do, you know, I don't want to totally <clears throat> discredit them because I, right, I do right. think, like, Primer, I'm pretty sure when we did the podcast, that's uh, that's an early that might be one of the first. Uh, I know it's one of the first ten published War Machine versus War Horse. I think that was our actual first official recording of it. Mm-hmm. And boy, was that fucking dumb to be like, yeah, "All right, <laughs> let's start a movie podcast." Primer. That's easy enough. I, I will admit that that's one that I have revisited, and some of my criticisms are kind of alleviated by already having somewhat of a cheat sheet as far as this, and then you can kind of start to appreciate the way it's constructed. Yeah. I may have it with the endless as well. I, I mm-hmm. definitely know like on letterbox, I, I think I gave it like a three out of five. Cause I'm just, that's more of that. Like a, like, well, it wasn't a waste of time. I enjoyed this, but I'm like really like, and listeners are gonna love this. I'm really unsure about how to speak on this just yet. More, so I'm going to do a uh, podcast, which is more apt <laughs> an to audio content. An <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where I have to speak on it. Uh, but some of those movies end up being my favorite too. The ones I kick around forever and don't have like an immediate, like, yay or nay response to them sometimes i think we try to put a a a nice pretty bow on movies in general on how we're supposed to um gestate them and process them and i think even just the fact that we expect to watch a movie just one time and, and understand it and know it while that is generally the case i think sometimes you have to make the exception be like no this is this film or primer or several other films are the type of art that it's going to take several viewings. It's going to take sitting down and thinking about it and dissecting it. And if that's not for you, that's okay. You know, if you're not into that, but go ahead, call him dumb, Josh. I, I certainly can't call him dumb because I, I don't, I don't get it, <laughs> but I do enjoy the, the, the tease of trying to figure it out though. I will pause it. Um, that you were being somewhat deceptive that if Jared had come on and his opening statement had been the endless, I don't get it. <laughs> a, yeah, a lecture yeah. and a finger wag would have come his way. I have a feeling that you're being, uh, you know, I guess, prospective downloaders. Uh, well, just a little kid gloves with them. If it was me, come on, you're like, I have some questions. You fucking idiot! Don't you understand a thing? Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. That's good. That's a really good point. Mike's just giving you some well, love. Don't. And I would, I would egg don't it on. Trust it. I would. I'm like I'm egging it on now, where it's like, here's what Josh would have said, Jared, uh-huh. in this hypothetical, in that version of the loop. And I believe it completely. It, it would have well, it would have been great audio. I, then I don't have to say anything. I just let it roll. I'm just like, yes, fight, and that's what the listeners want. Uh, to our our premise of like, you know, the mainstream release or the you know the forgotten film 
Um, even though I, I do want to say that uh, Aaron Moorhead and Justin Benson, they have developed a, a following like like among indie film, film circles where it's like, you know, they're especially with Spring and The Endless now, their their name means something as far as like the next movie uh, on a much lower scale. Um, but <laughs> I totally get why A Quiet Place. Like, I have to say, like, as much as The Endless intrigues me, if I'm just telling someone like if someone says, hey, what's a you know, what's an interesting horror movie to throw my way? Uh, quiet place makes total sense, and there's an expectation there that it's going to please a majority of people. Like, if they're willing to watch something that's scary, then sure. Uh, the endless. <sighs> I don't. Know. Do you all have someone like? And this is a compliment to Josh. Uh, really, like I don't. I'm not trying to throw it out there as an insult. Like, well, this weird shit. Give it to him. <laughs> but like, when I watch something like this, you're probably one of the few people I'd be like, okay, I know exactly who I'm going to take the endless. Sure, to. sure, yeah. And, because of your previous history in the movies that you like, like, you know, we've had a lot of conversations about like Donnie Darko, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like I would get it, but it, that's, that's a much smaller amount of, you know, an audience. I think these type of things have just to get people to like, kind of put up with it. Well, not only that, uh, you know, you kind of refer to a quiet place as being a popular film, but it's a popular film that is still smart and, and done well. It, it's not, it's not even a guilty pleasure. I mean, it's, it's just good. <laughs> it's just a good pleasure. It's a simple, simple concept with a great execution. Yeah, like unlike the endless, you could tell them in a sentence. Here's the setup. Mm-hmm. Fart joke. <laughs> people, people, <laughs> there are some people like and Jared, one of the few people, also compliment him <laughs> that I can take a quiet place trailer to and expect that it's going to be about Emily Blunt passing gas, <laughs> and I know he's going to be pleased. <laughs> 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 I'm actually surprised that your star rating on Letterbox was not uh, it, that it got the full five. Uh, with that in mind, I thought no sure far would... four and a half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and already he does it better than Dave on Letterbox. <laughs> <laughs> No farts. Four and a half, then. <laughs> you know, when I'm scrolling through on my phone, I'm be like, okay, I understand. I know. Dave, who knows? Who knows if that man's thinking about farts or what he's thinking about? He keeps them to himself. <laughs> Can't trust someone like that. <laughs> I think I should tag him when this episode releases. <laughs> That's a good uh, idea. So I, I assume we're... Uh, it sounds like we all liked both movies, but I don't think, I mean, I'm relying on Josh to be the only one to present a case that's like, no, no, The Endless should have been more, you know, well-regarded. No, no, I mean, place. It, it's one of those things that like real world speaking, yes, I would definitely defend it and be like, hey, more people should check this out. But to say that like it's more deserving than The Quiet Place, I can't say that. Quiet Place is still a, a superior film. It's actually just unfortunate for The Endless, for its release date, <laughs> that you had two you know, smart horror movies come out on the same weekend, um, which I'm pretty sure I think the endless probably was a VOD type thing as well. Yeah, I, I, I'll say I'll certainly say this though. I mean, I'm I'm very excited to see these guys get more attention and hopefully be able to be made make more films. You know, question of the two of you then, having not seen it, uh, just by me throwing the endless your way, uh, could I convince you, you know, more easily now to check out Spring, their previous movie. Yeah, it's one of those situations where I would be inclined to see what else they have to offer because I was, you know, this is pretty impressive, uh, the the first film of theirs that I watched, so yeah. Uh, 
yeah, I'd be willing to check out Spring, but I'll be honest with you, I'm even more intrigued to want to check out uh, Resolution, the the first mm. film. But it's I, I don't know if you all know this, but the movie is actually about the two dudes in the mm-hmm. cabin uh, trying to get sober, and they keep reliving it, but Daddy, they don't. Daddy. <laughs> Sorry. Time, for, time for a quiet place. Time for Here we go. Oh my God, Mike! <laughs> <laughs> I saw you, Jim from the office, frantically. No, no sound. No sound. <laughs> this is podcast world. <laughs> be quiet. Uh, but yes, I, uh, I, I would definitely check out both their previous films. Um, I, I, I think they have an interesting idea and. Um, they certainly work well on limited budget, uh, but as I started to say earlier, I'm I probably even more interested in seeing what they can do if they're given a little bit more, uh, a little bit more freedom with maybe a nicer budget and uh, just more support to make a, a full fledged. It would be aliens with a baseball bat, is what it would be. Well, that's <laughs> maybe what up making maybe. I uh, just looked up Resolution. It's not streaming anywhere, but uh, you could actually just buy it outright on Amazon or iTunes for five ninety nine. Although us having seen the end of this, we may have spoiled the ending of that one. Uh, Spring is currently streaming on Shutter, which Jared may or may not view. So no, it's it's a uh, horror film community's version of Netflix. No. It's just horror movies. I have not. <clears throat> so yeah. Uh, I recommend Spring, having seen it, and uh, I'm like Josh. I'm gonna check out this other one. Um, the only negative I'll say about a Quiet Place is I kind of I'm invested in Krasinski as a filmmaker. That I'm not as enthused with him doing a Quiet Place two next, but him doing more original films. That I would like to. I would like to see what he comes up with uh, his next choice there. Yeah, uh, I have to second that. Like. If they're going to do a, a sequel to that movie, I wish it didn't involve that family at all. Maybe just, maybe just show like on a universal level. Jared as one of the other farms. <laughs> like, I ain't going out there. <laughs> Comfortable in my gaming chair. I ain't making a peep. It ain't my problem. Well, it, it's just that like that the ending gaming of that. Chair. <laughs> Is the gaming chair quiet? Not really. I have to sit very very still. He practices. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, dear listeners, you're missing out on YouTube gold here. <laughs> um, That's what we're gonna start next. We're gonna start a gaming channel and gets all. We're gonna get all sorts of money. That's what kids do, right? Yep. Fortnite. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, the the ending to to a quiet place is so awesome. That just close up of uh, Emily Blunt with the shotgun and like them realizing like we have this figured out now, bring it on, you know? And I, I, I don't need to see anything else beyond that about that family. That, that is a really cool place to be like, okay, we're getting ready to shell out our little vengeance on this colony of aliens that has troubled us. And that's really cool. I'd be willing to see like a movie that just like, maybe is now coming to terms of like, Oh, we figured out their weakness. And this is like on a nation, uh, national worldwide, worldwide scale. This is how we find them back. There's something Maybe feels like a totally different type of film. I'd be okay with that. Uh, you're yeah, not- I mean, it can be done. You can you can go from uh, certainly like I think the the best example is Ridley Scott's Alien, which is a, uh-huh. you know, it's a version of like a haunted house movie. It is like going around corners in this one ship to James Cameron's Aliens, where you have the great Bill Paxton 
screaming game over and fighting with flamethrowers and bazookas, you can definitely have a different tone. But yeah. I, I get what you're saying. Like the second one is going to be more about the practical hunting down and sort mm-hmm. of like removal of these like you know cockroaches that have invaded. Right. Right. Yeah. So uh, I agree with you. I'd, I'd almost rather they didn't even make a sequel, but. Uh, Fair enough. If they're going to, I just hope it's different enough and they don't rehash what they've already done. Jared, did we have one nasty Hellcat moment in there? We saw it about five minutes ago, that wiggling he was doing in his chair. I don't I don't know that we've got a verbal... We talked about coaxing things out of people and pleasuring <laughs> holes and such. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I'll be honest there. I just wanted you to repeat your line. I just, I just wanted to... That's what I'm here for. Note. Yeah. Dance monkey. Thank you for listening to another episode of Sober Cinema. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Sober Cinema. I got pee real bad. I'm sorry. I'll be right back. No, that's staying in entirely. <laughs> What did you think of uh, Jason Michael with your first? Oh, he's perfectly fine. He's... Oh, I bet you think so. He's yeah. like, oh, this guy's awesome. He's the star of the show. Love him. As a matter of fact, I elevate Jason Michael up to a higher <laughs> level, I do believe. <laughs> Which he may take that as an insult or a compliment. Who knows? <laughs> I don't count Hyro as a human. <laughs> <laughs> the longer you know Hyro, the... I believe if I saw him on one of those nude beaches in Europe, I wouldn't count them as human either. I think you come from a quiet place. What is that? (laughs) Why is it vibrating so much all over? (laughs) Oh. Oh.